patients are often faced with circumstances related to their disease that aren't openly discussed. In Tabuti, the Fight CRC podcast, we delve into those topics that are sometimes considered controversial, trending, or just plain interesting. To suggest a podcast topic, email answers at fightcrc.org. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Fight CRC's Tabuti Podcast. Today we have with us Ms. Paula Chambers-Rainey, and we are just so excited to have you with us here today. How are you doing? Oh, I'm really good, Melissa. Thank you so much for having me today. Awesome. Well, we're going to continue our ambassador series. Today we're going to be talking about finances. Um, I do want to start with just an introduction for those who may not know, if you wouldn't mind sharing your story, how you became involved with Fight CRC. Sure. It's it's one of my favorite stories to tell mm-hmm. because I call Fight CRC my people. They are my chosen family. So um, my name is Paula Chambers-Rainey. As you said, thank you for having me again. Um, I was diagnosed with colorectal cancer um, in January of 2015. And Kind of my story, I thought at the time was unique, but come to find out through um, advocacy that my story is unfortunately the story of many people. I was misdiagnosed for probably over a year and my tumor was found in the emergency room Mm -hmm. um, in January of 2015. But um, that year before I had been really sick, I had been going to different doctors and sort of, you know, started with my PCP and told him I was having discomfort and just things were changing. And they said, oh, you know, it's probably nothing. And I eventually did see some specialists, but each one had their own idea of what they thought it was. No one ever said they thought it might be cancer and I was never screened for it. Unfortunately, I had all the signs and symptoms, which I didn't even know what they were but I do now. (laughs) And I did have all the signs and symptoms and uh, my tumor was actually caught in the emergency room. So by the time my cancer was found, there were very few choices that I could make and have a lot of time to mull over. Mm -hmm. It was kind of like, this is bad and we got to get going. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, I know, um, how old were you when you were diagnosed? Mm -hmm. I was uh, 40. Four when I went in and uh, I was in the hospital on my 45th birthday. I was about to have uh, my resection. So oh. I was 44 when they found it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Well, I know that um, with treatment um, and diagnosis and all the testing and procedures that come along with that, it can cause a financial burden. Um, so when all this was happening, were you working while you were diagnosed and being treated? Yeah, so that's a whole nother story, which I'm I'm happy to share. Uh, So I had just um, started a new job in, I think it was the summer of 2014. I had completed a course and I was on my way to changing my career and becoming a dietitian. That's what I wanted to do. So I was working in a private hospital in their food area and working with patients uh, with their dietary needs. And I was doing, doing my training and everything. And I was sick all the time. Um, from the time I started the job, uh, while I was working, I was just always sick. So I was constantly calling in sick during my orientation, 
And um, it, we got to where I was about to have my three months. So I would have had the uh, necessary time to get the benefits that the company offered and everything. And it turns out that I had called in six so many times I got fired. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, and that was right around, right after I had gotten married. I also got married that year. <laughs> All of this is going on while so much. During my wedding, uh, while the planning for my wedding, I'm doing this new job and I'm planning my wedding and I'm trying to lose weight. I'm like, my weight loss is going great. How am I losing all this weight? I'm barely doing anything. (laughs) It was cancer. It wasn't just my valiant efforts to lose weight. So um, when I got back, um, we got married in October of uh, 2014 in in New York. And we got back to Texas and like maybe the beginning of November, I lost my job. So I didn't have full benefits and we were basically going off. Uh, we were going to opt for the uh, Cobra, but at the time I was like, well, I, I don't need it. Um, just get another job, you know? And unfortunately my wife and I were not legally married in the state of Texas. The Supreme Court not had, had not come down with that decision yet. Mm-hmm. Um, so I could not be upon her insurance at all. So I didn't have a job when I was diagnosed and I did not have insurance. Oh man. So how, um, I mean, obviously it seems that it would be very difficult to pay for bills and, um, co-pays and things like that. Um, so how did you manage all that? Yeah. So obviously what happened was when I got fired, it was like around November and I was still sick. I was going to like urgent care and stuff like that. And we were just paying out of pocket. We were using savings. And I was looking, looking for jobs it's around the holiday season. So I had picked up some catering jobs. So I, um, I do that on the side as well. And so we were using savings and I was bringing in a little bit of money from the catering. But um, I was all constantly going to like urgent care and getting prescriptions. And we were just paying out of pocket mm-hmm. um, for, for that kind of stuff. Uh, so it hadn't caused a burden as of yet until um, j- that January when I told, you know, I was had been in pain for so long and it just got worse. And finally, in January, um, it came to where there was I was completely blocked and nothing was coming out but blood. And I wasn't t- passing food. I wasn't able to eat. I wasn't able to pass gas. And I had gone to an emergency care clinic and they told me, I said, I see nothing but blood. And they said, well, you probably ate something red, mm-hmm. take this medication. And I'm like, I think it's blood. Yeah. <laughs> and they said, Oh, you're too young. Your, your vitals are fine. Take this. They gave me some med- stomach medication and sent me home. That was on a Thursday. Um, and then by that Monday, my wife had gone to work and I had called her and said, something is wrong. We have to go to the emergency room. Mm-hmm. That's kind of when the whole financial burden started basically that day. Um, <clears throat> we went to the emergency room and when the, when we got there, we went to um, the local hospital, like the, the county hospital, because I didn't have insurance. We didn't know what was wrong. So I went to the county hospital. Um, I was there about, we were there 13 hours. Um, in that 13 hours, because I was in such bad state, they did take me in. Normally that would just be a regular waiting time. They did take me in. They ended up doing a scan, which had never been done that whole year and a half. No scans, no tests or anything. They did scans, they did blood work. And they came back that morning and 
about seven doctors came in the room with me, my wife and I and told me, I'm so sorry. You definitely have what we think is a massive tumor. You cannot leave. Uh, we have to put you into um, emergency surgery. And that was it. It was a ball. It went rolling from there. So they admitted me. Um, we didn't, you know, they, I didn't have any sort of insurance. So they were like, we'll take care of that later. We, I was admitted into the hospital and immediately they had to come up with a plan of what to do. It is the county hospital. So um, I was visited after they kind of came up with a plan. I was visited by somebody in the hospital who was from like their financial department. And she right away got me uh, enrolled in uh, what was Obamacare, I guess, uh, the ACA. Mm -hmm. So we started, uh, we did that. And then we, um, the county has sort of a charity type thing that they do too. So mm -hmm. we enrolled, we um, enrolled to see if I was um, eligible for that. So um, the care that I received um, at the county hospital, some of it was covered by um, the ACA. And then the rest of it was cash on us mm -hmm. and, and, then we just had to start paying it out. The thing we didn't realize is that was just the start of the bills that were to come <laughs> and, and the time off. I, I still had not found a job. So yeah. I, I was unemployed. Then I had just had a emergency cancer resection. Then I had, you know, then it was everything that came after that. Yeah. So with all of this work, I know you said you were able to find a little bit of, um, eligibility with the ACA, were you able to find any other resources that helped financially? So what my wife did was immediately like she, uh, she went to friends and family. She started like a caring bridges page. Uh -huh. And so uh, we, we, a lot of friends and family kind of stepped in with uh, the immediacy of the bills because at, at that time we had, you know, uh, we were still living like off of her salary, um, which, you know, was, equal to mine, we're just middle salary earners. We both earn about 40 grand a year. Uh, so we were living on our savings. And so that was it, right? So she was paying the bills with her uh, monthly salary. So friends stepped in to cover like about two or three months worth of bills. So for about two or three months, we, we didn't have anything to worry about. I was able to recover um, for, through friends and family. And we had not found any sort of government resources because even making 40 grand a year. Um, we weren't, uh, we didn't, uh, I guess we didn't qualify for state benefits. Mm. So yeah, for Texas state benefits, we didn't qualify for any sort of a SNAP benefits or Medicaid or Medicare. And because my tumor wasn't um, classified as a, uh, I was, Originally stage, they thought I was stage three, but when they went in to do the surgery, it had not penetrated the law. This is the blessing. When they went in to do the surgery, it wasn't as what they thought. And they found that the tumor was encapsulated. They took out 36 lymphs, like a miracle, really. So we were blessed, so blessed there. So, but I wasn't um, staged high. So I didn't um, qualify for any sort of um, Medicaid and Texas doesn't have Medicare. Oh, really? Sure. No. Mm -mm. Oh, man. That just, se it just seems, it, it seems crazy to me that you would have such a financial burden and not qualify for this, the assistance that's 
out there for this reason. It's really, it's really difficult, um, especially for cancer uh, survivors and patients in the state of Texas. I don't know. Well, I do know why it's a lot of politics mm-hmm. here, but we have not opted in for um, federal funds to cover people who are not uh, who don't have don't meet that gap in the insurance for uh, ACA and everything. We just don't have anything. They have to get on. They have to basically be destitute in order to uh, get into uh, full coverage for Texas state benefits for medical care. Uh Other than that, you're pretty much liable for your medical bills or you, you work out some sort of cash payment with the place that you go. Man. Sorry, I'm writing that down because now I'm I'm originally from Texas, um, but we've moved around. We're now finally back in Texas for a while. Um, and so it's very interesting to me. It just it kind of intrigues me. It kind of motivates me um, and piques my interest on what could be done to help with that. Well, so, Melissa, you had asked like uh, what resources you had asked, what resources did we find? And one of the resources we found was by CRC. They didn't come in, oh, you know, with the financial resources, but my wife found by CRC. And, you know, once 2015 ended up being uh, such a year of discovery for us, right? We didn't know what we didn't know about cancer, about um, finances and and dealing with a a long-term illness. We didn't know that... um, you know, about having extra coverage for both of us. Mm-hmm. We became political because we were married, but we weren't, right? So she had insurance, but and her, her company, companies can choose to do that here. Well, back then, uh-huh. oh, gosh, I say back then, it seems like it was so long ago, but yeah. in 2015, um, if you worked for a company that offered same-sex benefits, fine. Hers did not. However, they were happy to put me on it the day that the Supreme Court changed the decision. I became covered under her plan. But up until then, there was nothing. So we became really politically active because of those things. And she found Fight CRC and she was like, they actually talk to representatives from our state. We should go talk to these people. And that's how we got involved with Fight CRC because of what happened to us with our with our healthcare, with our finances, and how kind of the turn that it took was really it's been hard for us. You know, we've we've struggled to to come come back up from where we were. Yeah. So, do you still carry um, debt from those medical bills? So we do, um, but it's not. You know, obviously, it's not from there. It's from uh-huh. sort of the care that came after. There were so many other things that that happened. I ended up. They ended up finding, uh, along with the tumor, uh, several cysts on all of uh, my organs, my kidneys and my liver. Mm-hmm. Um, and they kept asking me it, um, about my family history. Well, I didn't have my family history. I didn't really know my biological father. And it turns out um, <clears throat> at the time, the only mm-hmm. DNA testing they offered in the county was for Lynch syndrome. And I, I ended up not being positive for Lynch syndrome. So I didn't have any other information, but it turns out I, I have a disease called um, polycystic kidney disease. Oh. And uh, that that was discovered at that time. 
So, uh, you know, from there and also my tumor was tested and, and they found that it was um, an aggressive form of cancer. Um, so I ended up being watched and monitored every three months for three years. And, um, you know, there also was additional care as far as like uh, rehabilitation and other things that came along with it. You know, I ended up um, getting all kinds of supportive care, which was wonderful, but it was out of pocket. So we incurred medical debt that we're still paying to this day. Um, some of it have, you know, we've gone to um, agencies and sat down with them and found old bills and gone, gone back through them. We've worked with some patient advocates that we found actually through Fight CRC. And um, we did some online research ourselves and found some agencies that would go through like your bills and Mm-hmm. help you to look at um, different costs of things and see if you can negotiate different, better deals. That really helped. I didn't even know that service was out there and that we found that just through digging for, you know, we actually typed in a uh, cancer to- um, financial toxicity. Uh, Cause I didn't even know that that was a thing, but it is, and it's very real. And, and from there, we really started advocating for ourselves. You know, there was just no help. It, it's like, sorry, the, this is the way it is in this state. And these bills are yours and you owe this money. So we really kind of changed our life. In, in 20, um, when we got married in 2014, we had saved up enough money to buy a condo. Mm-hmm. And so that went away. <laughs> we're, we're still renting. We are a one car family. We sort of just live a different lifestyle, but our also our priorities really changed too. You know, what what was important to us back then isn't important to us now. You know, yeah. we really um we take our health very seriously. Uh, I've got a great medical team now that, that um and I I'm still with her insurance, her insurance being the ended up being the better deal for us. And we have options now because we're legally married. So we had the option to do that. But um, yeah, we, you know, we, we live a different lifestyle. The cancer sort of changed that whole trajectory of, you know, we don't really think about what could have been, but we do know that the financial part of it was not something we could have never foreseen. Uh, And we just were not prepared for it. We weren't prepared. Yeah. What advice would you give to anyone, um, not even anybody that's been diagnosed or just something to think about? Obviously, it's not something that people think about on a regular basis. Nobody wakes up and thinks that they're going to be diagnosed with cancer and have to um, experience all that you've experienced financially, emotionally, physically. But what would just be some advice that you might give for those regarding um, not necessarily financial awareness, but just, well, just to help. I know this, I can tell you things I wish I would have known <laughs> and, yes, and things that things that these are some things that I think could be basics. And, and actually they are for us now. They're things that we put in place. I don't, I, I regret, I, I try not to have regrets, but I do regret that I didn't have these things that I have now. So definitely you need to have that, that savings, that, that just that, that piggy bank that we had, whatever it is that one, two months really helped us just get across even, even before I ended up in the emergency, you know, 
mm-hmm. having that, having me, having that financial cushion to just be able to pay your rent and keep your lights on and food and your gas running. That's going to, that's just so important for any emergency situation. Those insurances that you look at when you're filling out those that paperwork, when you're starting a new job and you're sitting down, you're so excited and you're sitting down with the HR and they're like, oh, do you want this coverage of, you know, an extra $20,000 for this or an extra 10 for that? And you're thinking, no way, I'm going to put this in my pocket. I would say take a second look at it because you never know. And that's it's insurance and that's what it's for. Mm-hmm. I would say maybe you wouldn't have an extra Starbucks once or twice a week and put that money towards that extra insurance, an extra $10,000. Mm-hmm. Um, go ahead and take that short-term disability because you, even if you're 20 or 30 years old, I don't know, you might be out roller skating or, <laughs> or you, know, you know, you might be out riding your bike or something and take that fall. You would have that time to not have to rush back, not have to, you know, uh, start a GoFundMe. And that money would be there for you as part of, you know, and it's it's a, at a percentage of your salary. It's really something to think about because life happens and it's it's always that woulda, shoulda, but when it's right there in front of you, you can, you can. Also, I would definitely, I wish that I had, and this is not financial, so we can, you might want to cut this, but I, it, I just wish I had that family history. And that's a wealth of knowledge that you, money can't buy. Even if you don't have all your family history, get as much as you possibly can and have that ready. Have that somewhere because it, it is so vital and it, it can be more helpful than you could have possibly imagined. And that's something that's priceless. These are things that are just coming off the top of my head. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, I definitely would say I and, you know, you can look into cancer insurance, too. I didn't even know that that was a thing. Cancer insurance is, exists. Survivors can get it after they've had cancer and they've been healthy for a while. They can look into something like that, too. I, I would say any kind of extra um, benefits like that that you can put into that won't cause a, a, a break in your monthly income or, your, you know, won't cause damage to what you're doing monthly or a place where you, maybe you could cut back and add more into savings or insurance. It just will be more beneficial to you in the long run. And when you need it, it's there. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for talking with me today about finances. I do want to take a slight turn from that. I know that you are one of our hosts for Climb for a Cure this year. Uh, and it's so exciting. I am actually going to be at your climb. So, oh my gosh. Yay. Okay. I'm so glad. Good. Um, I live very near to where it's going to be. Uh, well, not very near um, within a couple hours. Um, and so we, uh, I have recruited my sister to come with me. I will probably bring my kids. Um, so I'm very excited about it. So I did just want to give you a little shout out for that um, and see if there's anything you wanted to say about that since that's coming up. Well, we're so excited and I, I am so blessed. You know, I, I've been with Fight CRC, I think, since 2018. And we're so happy that the 
the climb is expanding. You know, I'm originally from Denver, Colorado. So whenever I saw they were having the Colorado climb, I wanted to go, but I couldn't have one. And then when I saw they were going to do them here, I knew I had at least a few friends who have been touched in one way or another by colorectal cancer that just wanted uh, a way to express, you know, what they're feeling. And I told them about the walk and they said, if they bring it here, we'll do it with you. And I said, okay, if you'll do it with me, let's do it. And I thought that would just be a few people. And now more people are coming and I'm so excited. I think it's just going to be a really great time. Yes, it's hot here. Okay. But we can handle it. It's going to be in the morning. We're going to get up, see the sun come up, have some fellowship, do a really wonderful climb and just, you know, be one with nature in Houston for a minute. It's going to be a lot of fun. I'm glad you're coming. Yeah. And you know, I'm, I'm sending some, I, I got to get this done today, but I'm sending some food tips and places to eat for everybody that comes here. Cause y'all know we were on top chef, right? We oh, have yeah. all the food here. So oh, we're going to walk food. and sweat so that we can eat. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I know that it's I am really looking forward to it. I'm really, yeah, have you ever great. done one of the climbs before or will this be your first No, time? this is going to be my first time and my spouse is coming and we've got friends and family showing up. So I'm just, and there's going to be some other ambassadors here from Houston. I know Allison's coming and. Oh, oh, it cut out a little bit at the end, but yes, we, I, I know I'm so excited and I can't wait. I can't wait to meet you in person. Oh, well, I met you at yes. Congress. You we did. Met, yeah. It's girl, That Congress. was such a, that installation was like awe-inspiring. Amazing. And when it was, it, uh, oh, it amazing. was, it really was, it really was. And it brought so much awareness and so much attention and it was just a, it was a, I'm just so glad we got to go. Yay. Yes. Yes. Well, again, thank you so much for sitting down and talking with me, taking your time chat with us. Thank you guys so much. Good talking to you. Thank you for joining our Tabuti podcast. Remember that this information is for educational purposes only and all medical questions should be directed to your doctor.